Thursday morning, and we have a lot to talk about Syracuse football with a big announcement for the next few years. Plus, we're going to play a little game, a little trend going on with who the best Syracuse basketball starting five is all time. We're going to go micro there and put our own little spin on it. And finally, we will cap off the show with a continued segment. It is the superlatives for the class of 2022 on the hoop side. All that and more on Locked On Syracuse. Let's go. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right. Brad Klein, host of Locked On Syracuse, the voice of the people. Happy to be with you here on Locked On Syracuse, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. So, Thursday. Okay, here's the deal. I'm just going to level with you. Locked On is my favorite thing to do during the day. Don't get me wrong. My loyalty is still here. However, I do work in minor league baseball. And Thursday, not just here where I work in Birmingham, Thursday for a lot of different ballparks in the country is Thirsty Thursday. $2 drinks. And so it's a busy day. In my world, it's always a busy day in the Syracuse world, but I'm just I'm at the ballpark right now, up in the press box, and I'm looking out in right field, and I just know that's that's going to be a nightclub tonight. And I'm looking at the field, and I know that I'm going to be the only one looking at the field. <laughs> so that's uh, that's where my head is right now. But hey, I'm not going to lie to you. We're, we got to get this done first, and we get to get this done first again. Superlative segment continues. What to expect from the class of 2022. I think you're going to like what I have planned. Biggest flirt. Hey, it's graduation season, so we have to go a little creative here, a little bit realistic with what you're going to see in the yearbooks this year. So who is the biggest flirt of the class of 2022? And I'll explain what that means later. Plus, I just see Twitter blowing up right now. Syracuse Twitter, that is. Who is the best starting five? And it happens every few years. Who's the best starting five in Syracuse basketball history? We'll put our own little spin on it. And finally, we start with Syracuse football. Okay, so if you Google Syracuse football, if you go on Syracuse football Twitter, the biggest announcement right now is that they've announced a home-and-home with Penn State. <laughs> 2027-2028, home-and-home with the Nittany Lions. Congratulations. Now, here's the deal. I love football. Love football. I don't want that to be misconstrued. I will watch football pretty much any time of year. I'm one of those guys. I don't really care about schedule releases like the NFL is announcing their schedules. I don't care. I just don't. I think it's whatever. Like you, especially in the NFL, you pretty much know who you're going to play anyway. You know, like 14 of the 17 games, and then the remainders are are based off of your previous season and where you stood in the standings. Like whatever. Syracuse and rather college football is very similar. You have these preordained matchups, and I can't get excited about 2027 right now. I don't know what I'm going to have for lunch today. I'm supposed to be excited about 2027, 2028. No, sorry. But I will say this. This is good news. And the thing is, 
Syracuse Penn State, believed or not, for the people who are for the people who are too young to know. <laughs> okay, I'm 22, but I grew up in this, right? I understand what Syracuse and Penn State used to be. Now, this matchup in 2027 will be the first time they play since 2013, which come 2027 will be a long time, right? Penn State is noteworthy here because Syracuse has actually played Penn State more than any other opponent outside of Pittsburgh. They played Pittsburgh 77 times, Penn State 71 times. And the thing is, maybe the biggest underlying concern with the Syracuse football program, you can make the argument. I'm not talking about the team. I'm not talking about the roster. I'm not talking about the coach. The program. They don't have a rival. Why does that matter? Well, in college sports, it matters a lot. When Jim Harbaugh recruits a player, it is to beat Ohio State. There is a job description. There is something material and concrete. And if you beat that team, there is a successful aspect to the season, even if you don't make the college football playoff. Now, obviously, Michigan-Ohio State, the you can make the argument biggest rivalry in college football, maybe Alabama-Auburn, whatever. Not going to make that argument, not going to go down that that road. But there is something tangible to it. Syracuse, they made it up a few years ago. Oh, oh, Clemson's coming to town. Syracuse versus Clemson. No, no. Clemson's not scared of you. They don't care about you just because their quarterback got hurt late second quarter one year and then you beat them doesn't mean at home doesn't mean that you're a rival. Syracuse doesn't have a rival. And okay, you want honestly, if you ask me, hey Brad, who is Syracuse football's biggest rival? I would probably say Pittsburgh. Be honest. When Pittsburgh comes to the dome, is that something that you as a Syracuse fan feel like you need to go to? Do you feel like you need to get out to central New York New York just to see Pat Narduzzi and the Pittsburgh Panthers in the Dome against Dino Babers and the Syracuse Orange. No. It's just another game. And I'm not saying that Penn State will be a renewed rival. It's a home-and-home. Penn State, unless something drastic happens with one or both programs, Penn State's going to slaughter Syracuse in both games. But it will be a slight, it will be a nice acknowledgement of what the rivalry was. And you can make the argument, I don't even think it's debatable. Penn State is historically Syracuse's biggest rival. Historically. They played some really cool games. But, and some really, really cool moments. Like if you think about dome moments, a lot of it is Syracuse-Penn State football. But, geez, it's just, it's also kind of just a reminder of the hole and the pitfalls of this program. And rivals are important for recruiting. Rivals are important for TV. Rivals are, are, are important for the program as a whole. And again, it's not going to change it 2027, 2028. But good for the people that grew up watching Syracuse Penn State football. Kind of like me. I feel like I kind of missed the cutoff. 
you have to be a little bit older than me, I feel like, to really, really appreciate Syracuse Penn State football in 2027-2028. I typically don't care about the schedule. Oh, who are we going to play in a decade? No, I don't really really care. doesn't matter to me right now. But this is a little different because it is Penn State. So enjoy it. It'll be fun. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and information. Find all of the latest sports, developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline. Where the game starts. So, we talked about Syracuse football. There's not too much going on in that program right now. When you have to really take it to 2027, 2028, you might be talking a little bit too macro with the orange on the gridiron, but there is a little something to Penn State. Now let's talk about, I like to call these things fantasy basketball. Remember what I was talking about uh, when Jay Wright retired? Oh, well, how would Jim Beheim do in the NBA ranks? Fun. But that's all. Let's have some fun. Okay. So every couple of years, maybe even every couple of months, some Syracuse account, whether it's a fan account, a publication, whatever, tweets out, who is the all-time starting five for Syracuse basketball? And it's stupid because while it's fun to debate, there's actually not that much of a debate. Like, you can make the argument with point guard, like, is it Sherm, is it, I mean, Flynn, Pearl, whatever. But I feel like with every position, you can't really venture off of more than two or three guys. So there's not too much of a debate. Let's put our own little spin on it. Instead of all-time Syracuse basketball lineup, let's go with best Syracuse lineup for players who are still playing, either college or professionally. Because that way, I feel like guys like Billy Owens and Ronnie Sykley and Derek Coleman, of course Carmelo Anthony, Bowie, Pearl, Douglas, their numbers retired in the rafters, I feel like there's not much of a debate, but you really have to think about this one when it comes to the pedigree accuse, but for players playing professionally. It's less defined. So again, pedigree accuse, but we're only using players who are playing still. So, and feel free to comment on and tweet at us on at L-O Syracuse, Locked On Syracuse, to get your voice heard and tell me how you disagree with me. But we're going collegiate pedigree, so I'm not going with Jeremy Grant here. Of course, when it comes to the NBA, he's been very successful. B.J. Johnson, he made the NBA but ended up transferring. No, I'm going pure Syracuse. Point guard. I was torn. (laughs) Already I was torn. I was between... Tyler Ennis and Michael Carter-Williams. And Ennis is the better scorer. He's the far better shooter. And probably the better player. 
but I still went with Michael Carter-Williams because of defense. Like, it took MCW two years to be really good, and Ennis is one of the best freshmen of all time at Syracuse. Of course, we know who the best freshman is. But I went with MCW because of defense, and you have that eagle wingspan, six foot six, top of the zone, good passer, and I feel like you hear the rest of my lineup. Shooting will be taken care of later. So I go with MCW. Shooting guard, I'm going Buddy. I mean, name me a better knockdown shooter than Buddy Beheim. Uh, who am I going to take? Trevor Cooney? No. I, I actually was thinking about going with Tyler Ennis here just to get him in there. But I'm going to go with Buddy Beheim. Again, you can make the argument. I get it. I think Buddy's the best shooter that we've seen from Syracuse in a very long time. Probably since GMAC, right? I mean, definitely since GMAC. Uh, probably the best mid-range shooter we've seen definitely since GMAC, if not farther. So, I'll go with Buddy Beheim here. So, I've got, at the top of the 2-3 zone, Michael Carter-Williams, one of the best top zone defenders I've ever seen, and Buddy Beheim, one of the worst. But, again, the shooting's going to take care of itself. Small forward, Elijah Hughes. And Elijah Hughes, he's funny because he had the benefit of sitting out, transferring from ECU, and obviously that year did wonders for him. You think of a guy like Alan Griffin transferring from Illinois, and I think a lot of people had Elijah Hughes-like expectations for Griffin, but he doesn't get to sit out a year. He doesn't get to learn the 2-3 zone. He doesn't get to hone his offensive game to fit that of not only a starter, but a guy who is relied upon on the offensive end. That's exactly what Elijah Hughes did, and that made him reliable. Elijah Hughes is my starting small forward because... He is my get-out-of-jail-free card. When the shot clock is down to five, I'm going to give Elijah Hughes the ball and say, create, put the ball in the basket. Everyone needs that. You look at the NBA, and most of those guys are making $40 million a year. Most of those guys are Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant or LeBron James, Steph Curry. They are the creators, and Elijah Hughes is my creator. Okay, one MCW, two, Buddy Beheim, three, Elijah Hughes. Guys who played at Syracuse based on their collegiate pedigree but are still playing professionally or collegiately. Power forward, O'Shea Brissett. I'm not married to this. I could make the argument, you know what? I'm changing it. I'm changing my answer, okay? Done. Done, done, done. I'm changing my answer. Not O'Shea Brissett. Marek Dolezal. There, I said it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to explain the original reasoning. I'm going to explain the pivot. O'Shea Brissett is the more skilled player, and I was probably subconsciously thinking a little bit of NBA bias and how he turned out, but Marek Dolezal, you need a guy like him. You need that grit. You need the passing ability, especially outside of MCW. I mean, Elijah Hughes, okay passer. Buddy needed to be an okay passer, but he's not the greatest passer. Marek Dolezal would probably be the most skilled passer in this starting lineup. Guy's going to take a charge. Guy's going to set his feet. Guy's going to dive for the loose balls. I'm going Dolezal, yeah. And and the rest of the line, I feel like you get Buddy and Elijah Hughes are going to take care of the shooting, and MCW will be good enough 
to hold his own. He wasn't a great shooter. In fact, he probably wasn't even a very good shooter, but good enough, and his first step was wicked. So uh, the scoring is taken care of. Marek Dolezal is not going to score much. He's probably going to put up, like, what, six, seven points per game? That's fine. That's fine. He's going to get some rebounds. So one MCW, two Buddy Beheim, three Elijah Hughes, four Marek Dolezal, and five, I feel like this is the least debatable one, unfortunately. Like, ah, you can go Tyler Lydon, but... I'm just going with a true five, and that's Rakeem Christmas. I mean, he's still playing internationally, so he still counts. Who else? Who else? O'Shea Brissett's too small. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's 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 very unfortunate. But you're not going Barama Sadebe. You're not going with Pascal Chuku. Um, yeah. I, you you got to go with Rakeem Christmas. Still playing internationally, he's still in some corner of the world doing what he does. And and to be completely fair, he wasn't extremely effective for the first three years of his career. But he figured it out. Senior year, he erupted. All ACC. So that's my starting five: Michael Carter Williams and Buddy Beheim at the top of the two-three zone. You've got defense, you've got shooting, small forward, you've got a shot creator in Elijah Hughes, power forward, you've got the scrappy guy, the Draymond Green role, Marek Dolajai, and center, I'm going with Rakeem Christmas by default. That is my best Syracuse basketball lineup for guys still playing. Again, the Bowies, the Colemans, the Cycles, the Mellows especially, I'm tired debating them because they're not very debatable. But I'd be surprised if everyone that commented on Twitter had the same lineup. There will be overlap. There will be overlap. But I'd be surprised. So there's that. Hey, disagree with me? Please, let me know. Let me know. But Brandon Trish could have been here. Because he's still playing professionally. Now, I want to make sure that people understand. Dion Waiters is not playing right now. Otherwise, he probably would have been my two. So, I want that to be known. He's not playing right now. So, there's that. All right. We talked about Syracuse basketball in a fantasy uh, vein. We talked about Syracuse football in what might as well be a fantasy vein with the Big-time announcement that they're playing their rival again in 2027 and 2028, a home-and-home against Penn State. Let's continue our Class of 2022 superlatives. And like I said at the top of the zone, or rather, top of the show, oh, man, that's how you know I'm a Syracuse guy, right? At the top of the show, this one's going to be more high school-y. But, hey, we're coming up on graduation season anyway. So there's that. Biggest flirt. I still remember the two people, the guy and the girl who uh, who got biggest flirt in high school. And uh, that was a badge of honor for them. But that's why they're the biggest flirts, right? So what does biggest flirt mean in this context? Who from the class of 2022 is going to look the part, but that's it, just a flirt? It's not most likely to bring home to the folks. By the way, my friend Jim won that, so... Big pride on Jim. It's not most likely to bring home to the folks. It's biggest flirt. And I don't want this to be true. I do feel like Kadir Copeland would be 
a good guy to bring home to the folks, if you will. But Kadir Copeland is my biggest flirt for the class of 2022. Here's why. When Copeland committed, expectations were sky high. And I'm probably the biggest wingspan guy you're going to hear in the Syracuse basketball media sphere. Some might describe it as an over-the-top thing. Fine. I'm guilty. When it comes to the 2-3 zone, I've got a wingspan fetish. Sorry. <laughs> Michael Carter-Williams, I can't get enough of him. Frank Howard, like him or hate him. 6 foot five, top of the 2-3 zone? Come on! I feel like everyone has to jump on that bandwagon now with Joe Girard at the top of the zone, and, and it's ugly. It's, it's tough to watch. Kadir Copeland, six foot six, And he's friends with Justin Taylor. And they played together post-grad at IMG Academy. So what's not to like? Four-star in most outlets that you look at? So what's not to like? Well... When Judah Mintz commits, it's tough to see a role for Kadir Copeland. I feel like he's probably not going to play very much because he's not much of a shooter yet, which means that he's probably not going to be a two, especially because Justin Taylor's there, Joe Girard's there. So Kadir Copeland is going to be in the layup lines. You're going to see him. You go to the Dome. And I encourage you to, especially if you haven't been yet, because the new dome, it's nice. It's, it's definitely worth it. You're going to go to the dome and you're going to look at layup lines and you're going to see all the new guys. You're not going to know them by face yet necessarily because all you're doing is listening to me talk about them. And you're going to see Kadir Copeland and you're going to say, whoa, who's that guy? He must be awesome. And he might be, but he's just flirting with you. <laughs> in the layup lines, because again, the hype is real, the hype was real, there's every reason for him to be successful with the connection to Taylor, with the early commitment to Syracuse, he's been a staple of this class of 2022. He's got the body type that Syracuse fans have been pleading for from the guard spot for years. But he's the biggest flirt because he's going to look the part, and that's it. And let me be perfectly clear. I think Kadir Copeland's a good basketball player. I am so excited to see him play. So this is not a dig on Kadir Copeland. It's a dig on Kadir Copeland's situation. Just to be clear. I hope that he doesn't take any offense to that. There's no, no offense intended. But you look at the roster, you look at the lineup, you look at just the class of 2022, I don't see a role for him his freshman year. Things are going to clear up after this year, and you never know. I mean, look, we don't know. Maybe Judah Mintz is bad at basketball. Maybe Justin Taylor gets hurt, God forbid. Something could happen. Kadir, maybe Kadir Copeland is just awesome, and we have no idea. Maybe he's better than Judah Mintz. Maybe Judah Mintz is good, and Copeland is just better. We don't know. We think we know, until we don't. Biggest flirt, Kadir Copeland. So that's three days now that we've talked class of 2022 superlatives. We did biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. And for those two, just check out the previous two days pods. And now we did biggest flirt. What should our next superlative be? Let me know. Tweet at us at LockedOnSyracuse, L-O underscore Syracuse. DMs are open. 
always, let us know and get your voice heard on the next podcast because the superlatives roll on tomorrow, Friday, end of the week, sad day. But we earned it. The weekend's coming up. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen Locked On ACC. Get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, a big shout-out to Candace Cooper doing an outstanding job with Locked On ACC. We'll see you next time, folks.